0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of Holly Shook. My name is Ryan, and I am here today with my wonderful, aesthetically pleasing via FaceTime call co-host, Armin. Hi, Armin. How are you?
1: Hey, Ryan. I'm good. I actually have a timer set up so I could track when your very first insult will be hurled at me. I want to see wow. how soon it comes in the podcast. You're off to a good start, but uh, usually it's pretty quick that that you'll get to insulting me and berating me. So I have a timer set up, actually.
0: I know, but I feel like my new thing is like complimenting you via the introduction, just to kind of like throw you for a loop, like, butter, is, butter me up. Yeah, like is he in a good mood today? Like, how is it? I don't know. It's like a nice way to start off, and then we'll just get into the. You got to get into the scandals. Before I can start our own scandal of insulting you,
1: so I'm excited to hear what you're going to bring today. You told me you had three pages of notes. That's pretty huge.
0: It's huge for me. Um, This one is like so on brand for me, I feel. Um, It's like it brought back a lot of like kind of childhood memories, um, both surrounding the scandal and surrounding like who the celebrity is. Um, very big influence on my childhood. It's uh, about a few different people. Oh,
1: a multi-person scandal.
0: I'm going to start giving you my little hands. Give me a Yes. Let's Um, play the guessing game here. So it's about a few different people. Okay. But like there's one main person in this group who kind of like caused the scandal. Okay. Um,
1: What decade? uh, I know asking you, you know that's you're an unreliable narrator because you may say '90s and it, it's really the '60s, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I need some sense. Pretty
0: similar decades in my book. Um, <laughs> so these, well, first off, actually, I'm gonna think back on everything we've done so far. This is actually involving a musician. Have we done a musician yet? I can't really say that no. we have. No. So it's you know, Another, Holly Shook first.
1: Yes. We needed to get into uh, the music industry. You're right. We haven't done that. We've even done sports, but we haven't done the music industry. We've done comedy. Dave
0: We've Chappelle. done comedy. We've done TV, movies. Um, late night talk. Late night talk. Um, <laughs> so getting into the music is really fun because I feel like it kind of, it's a different part of like the Hollywood industry that... I guess you don't really equate to Hollywood sometimes, because even though musicians are huge stars, A Star is Born, Lady Gaga, who's now a movie star as well. Um, is this off, the story of Jackson, Maine? I'm just going to tell you, the plot the whole time. That's it. That's the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, but go see A Star is Born in theaters now. Lady Gaga's going to win an Oscar. She's amazing. And um, so, yeah, it's a group. It's a group, a music group. Mm. And were wildly popular in the late 90s so late 90s early 2000s so pretty you know like when we were growing up like i remember listening to them Dixie when I Chicks. Was, oh my god uh, why did you make it so easy <laughs>
1: <laughs> i know this scandal well there, there was a documentary shut up and sing right
0: um yeah it was called shut up and sing it's a I mean, I remember the scandal like the back of my hand. I was obsessed with it. This is a good one. I was, obs- I was obsessed with the Dixie Chicks. My gay ass growing up was <laughs> singing wide open spaces like all up, all up and down my freaking kitchen floor. Give us a verse. I have met my- that open spaces. Is- <clears throat> Ooh, what was going on with my voice there? <clears throat> I think that that's as good as against me. That was not good. I have not worn that.
1: I loved that. That gave me some yeah. like Jackson, Maine, Alley vibes. I was feeling that. Yeah, that was more Jackson, Maine than Dixie
0: Chicks. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <clears throat> so, of course, Armin is once again annoying and doesn't even let me get through all my hints. <laughs> um, we are, of course, today talking about the Dixie Chicks versus George W. Bush versus the entire country music industry <laughs> versus all of America, apparently. I don't know, I feel like this one was so huge and I feel like everyone had their opinion on it in the early two thousands. I think the actual scandal happened like two thousand three, I wanna say. Did you like have just right off the top of your head, did you like care about this or were you like whatever about it? Oh yeah, big time. I mean You're like ten years old, so how much of an opinion could we have? But <laughs> No,
1: well, I was a pretty political kid because yeah, my family is very political. So, um, you know, George W. Bush and his administration was <laughs> a constant, you know topic of conversation. So uh, when this happened, oh yeah, we followed it because, like you said, it really kind of polarized the country. And it's one of the first instances in my life where I remember we had this conversation about celebrity. And their involvement in politics and whether they should have a say or whether we should take them seriously. And, you know, I mean, the do- the title of the documentary kind of speaks to that, right? Shut up and sing because everyone was like, Dixie Chicks, just be the Dixie Chicks. We don't want to know your opinion on George W. Bush because those people liked George W. Bush and they didn't want their, you know, favorite group to not like their president.
0: Right. Right. And I feel like it's so, it's kind of timely right now, which is a little bit why I wanted to um, do it, is with so many celebrities, it's now normal and it's almost necessary for celebrities to kind of voice their opinion on things. Um, Obviously this current week, um, if you're listening to this in real time, obviously the huge Taylor Swift moment with finally kind of voicing her opinion. She's famously non-political. finally voicing her opinion on who she wants to vote for. That was a huge moment this week. Um, so I feel like it's more celebrated now for people to voice their opinion on politics. Obviously all the Kanye West stuff that's going on right now as well. It's both sides of the story. People, I guess it's almost problematic and that people are mad when someone voices their opinion on something that they don't agree with, but they celebrate it if they do agree, which kind of, was the same type of thing back in the early 2000s with the Dixie Chicks. I was yeah. going to
1: say this is so relevant. And mm-hmm. for reference, we are recording this on October 12th, 2018 because people could be listening to this, I don't know.
0: Right,
1: Who knows when. But I will say, Rai, you mentioned that it's it seems more celebrated today, but I would argue that there is still tons of pushback. Like I will notice on Billy Eichner's Twitter feed people will respond to him and say stick to being funny stick to being mm-hmm. funny uh sports anchors and analysts will talk politics and people will go in their mentions and say uh stick to sports right i see that everywhere and and what's interesting about this dixie chicks uh story is that it took place pre social media so you, so there wasn't even that you know interconnected platform for all of these people to voice their opinions but it was happening a little bit more on, like, talk radio and people calling in. It was happening a little bit on internet forums. But now, if the, if this happened in 2018, can you imagine, like, people would be tweeting directly to the Dixie Chicks, uh, which couldn't happen in 2003. But now, in 2018, you know, I, I see Billy Eichner, um, you know, clapping back at, at people in his mentions when they say, hey, stick to being funny. He's like, eh, unfollow me then. Unfollow me. I'm, I'm going to tweet about politics all day. That's what Billy Eichner does. He's, he's both funny, but also he has his political opinions and he wants to express them.
0: I was also, I have it in my notes, my three pages. In my opinion, I feel like this whole thing with the Dixie Chicks would have been almost not as big of a deal in a social media age because there is, you get so much content and so much stuff through social media. Whereas this was like, you said it was kind of more of a grassroots movement of through Talking on the news talking with your friends talking with people where it was like the one subject that everyone kind of was talking about in the moment whereas if there was social media I feel like it might might have blown over a little quicker but you know who's to say but I just thought that was interesting and I'll get to like the moment where that thought kind of came to me um once we get into the scandal, which I guess we should start getting into.
1: Probably. Yeah, let's do it. We've been it.
0: talking about it. Everyone probably knows the general gist of it. But I did want to kind of give a little bit of background on the Dixie Chicks just to kind of like cement their celebrity in this moment and kind of how big they were because they were huge. Um, and I'll start with their their humble beginnings because I actually learned this through doing research and found it kind of interesting. So originally, the Dixie Chicks was made up of four women, and the lead singer Natalie Maines was not part of the original group. Um, Related so to was, Jackson Maine? Unfortunately, no. Spelled differently. <laughs> well, it would have been a small world. Um, so it started with two sisters, Emily Robinson and Marty McGuire. Those are their ma- or those are their married names, but they're sisters. And then they had two other people. Um, I want to say her name was. Lynn, Laura Lynch was the lead singer. And then Lynn, Robin Lynn Macy was like, she did the banjo or something. I don't
1: know.
0: (laughs) So it was originally four women and they were just kind of like normal gals. Um, Like one of them was like teacher, I'm pretty sure. And they just kind of like did music on the side and um, they were in, um, I don't know where they lived, but they did like, just like local stuff. Um, they're very grassroots. So they're grassroots kind of like blues, folk music, very country. Um, they would legit wear like cow- cowgirl dresses and like cowboy <laughs> boots and like hats. And like they looked just like hoedown honk-a-tonk girls. <laughs> <laughs> they played that type of music too. <laughs> you know a hoedown to- honk-a-tonk girl. I know a hoedown honk tonk girl. <laughs> You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. So that was their type of music. So they never really, they never struck it big. They kind of got known in like the local scene. Of course, I did not write down where they lived, but their (laughs) local scene, wherever it may be, they were like kind of well-known, just like they would play lots of like festivals and, you know, events. And people knew them through that. And they recorded like an album or something, and then they were like doing, they were gonna record another album and they kind of started like trying to change into a little bit more contemporary sound, a little bit more country, less folksy. And then one girl, Robin Lynn Macy, she was like, uh uh-uh. uh, <laughs> this is not why I started this group. <laughs> that,
1: was, that's that, a- that was a great Southern accent.
0: <laughs> Thank you. And so she left. She was like, deuces, y'all. I'm gonna go play my upright bass. So there was like three of them then. And then Laura Lynch was like still the lead singer. And then they were like, I guess the guy who would help produce their albums, like would play like the background stuff. His daughter was Natalie Maines and she was soon to become the singer. And she, um, he was like, Hey, I have this like daughter who's a really great singer. Um, you should like test her out. See if she like fits the mold. And so she came in and started like doing stuff and the record labels kind of were like, we want to do, it was like an independent record label or something. And they were like, we want you guys to record an album with Natalie as the lead singer. And so, and that's when a star was born and a star was born, but seriously, a star was born because she's iconic. (laughs) Um, So they kind of kicked So Laura, the original singer was kind of like kicked out of the band and there's a quote by her saying, I wouldn't call it a resignation. All I'm going to say is that there are three Dixie chicks, and I'm one of them. So she was like, whatever, bye. She says she has no regrets about leaving, um, even though I find it hard to believe considering <laughs> there are like millionaires. Um, she's happy teaching middle school. But, you know, hey, maybe she is. Congrats to her. Um, hey, teaching middle school would actually be pretty fun, I feel like. Oh no, I actually was thinking the other day, I was like, if my whole life and dreams don't pan out, I really wouldn't mind being like a high school teacher or something. I feel like it'd be super fun. I feel and like I you'd friends.
1: be that that like really cool high school teacher that everyone loves.
0: Yeah, but then I also kind of was like, Oh my god, the kids would bully me. <laughs> and I would like have PTSD of being like 13.
1: <laughs> this is the time to exert your power. You're the teacher now.
0: No, I it wouldn't go well. <laughs> I would just break down and like freak out on the kids it'd be bad um shout out to teachers y'all are doing mm. the lord's work honestly and <laughs> you don't get it. um okay so laura lynch Sia, the, uh, and then the dixie chicks as we know them were born and they record their first album as a new group they kind of do like a like a um like a brand change so they stop wearing their weird cowgirl clothes no offense to people that wear that um and they start just kind of dressing like more contemporary and like they look like a girl group and um they record their first album and it is Wide Open Spaces I believe that's what it's called either way the song Wide Open Spaces was on there and let's talk about an iconic song y'all Still love it to this day. I was listening to the Dixie Chicks as I was re- like researching this whole thing and I was like jamming out like in my apartment by myself. Um,
1: That's so meta. Researching the Dixie Chicks while listening to the Dixie Chicks while watching Shut Up and Sing. I didn't watch the
0: documentary, y'all. I didn't have time for that. Three pages of notes is a lot for me. So back off. I just need like a history of how the Dixie Chicks were born. That's none of y'all knew that. Falling falling
1: short on the research again, Rai. Falling short once again. Remember when there was there was a movie on Jay Leno versus David Letterman, and I sat down and I watched that thing on HBO.
0: Yeah, but you chose that. I didn't <laughs> do that. Anyway, so there this new album comes out, it actually like breaks records. It's like one of the biggest, like the fastest selling, like uh, records by like a girl, a fe- all female group, like of all mm. time. Like so they just like kind of strike it big. Um, almost immediately wide open spaces. I mean, wide open spaces. Ooh. Ooh. God, big you need new faces. Oh, God, you guys. Bring These me back. were on point, right? Oh, thank you. Mm. So this sounds amazing. Um, there's also the song There's Your Trouble for those real fans out there. Y'all know what I'm saying. Why do I keep saying y'all? This literally is making me country. You're becoming a Dixie Chick. I am a Dixie Chick. A Dix Chick.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, Don't no. that- no, take that back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say that again. So,
1: right? Can, uh, I, can I ask you something? Mm-hmm. For like the younger audience, whose like, current day fame would you equate the Dixie Chicks to?
0: For, like, someone who didn't
1: grow up with the Dixie Chicks, maybe they're in, in their, like, late teens, early 20s, and they're listening to this, and they're like, and they're like how f- famous were the Dixie Chicks at this time? How would you equate their fame? Like, who in today's world would kind of be similar to the Dixie Chicks? And I know today's world is so different because, as you mentioned earlier, there are far more celebrities in today's world. There's far more media. There's far more content, which is kind of why, like, I so agree with you. If anyone said what the Dixie Chicks said today, it would be just drowned out by all the other things everyone else is saying. However, is there someone um that you feel like you could equate their
0: fame to? Um, first off, don't know how old you think I am. <laughs> younger kids in their early twenties. I'm like, what the fuck? Um You're in your mid-20s now, Rai. Barely. Own it. Own uh, it. I'm twelve. Okay, so I'm like forty-five. Like, in terms of like specifically like in music or country music or something um i don't know that's hard they were huge like they're and they're weird because i feel like they like moms loved them but like still like young people loved them um because
1: they weren't taylor swift famous let's make that clear
0: no because they they also weren't like household names i feel like it wasn't like you knew like emily robinson like you didn't know their names i feel like you kind of Learned their names after their scandal because they were like the Dixie Chicks, and then it was like they talked about like Natalie Maines because she like said the scan, like said it. Um, I don't know, that's really hard. I would say maybe like who's like a really famous like group that you like don't really like know about, but you like know them. I'd say like Fifth Harmony. <laughs> ah, okay, yeah, that's probably a really good comp actually girl groups like I don't know because you know Fifth Harmony and you know all their songs but I guess you like don't really know their names I mean some people do but um I don't know I don't know I think that's thing. a good comp okay cool yeah Fifth Harmony Fifth Harmony and Dixie Chicks I'm just waiting for Fifth Harmony's scandal I guess Camilla Cabello leaving was kind of a scandal um so that first album comes out in January 1998 their second album comes out in August of 1999 um it's called Fly. It sells more. Um, I thought this fact was cool. So it broke records, another record for all female group sales. And then it, it sold more albums com- than all other country acts combined that year. So, like every other country album, if you combined their sales, still didn't touch how much how many albums the Dixie Chick sold. So they, they were
1: famous people, they were killing it.
0: I mean, the Dixie, Dixie Chicks were huge in the huge, '90s. Huge, huge. Early Um They had a song called "Goodbye Earl" um, that was kind of how'd that one go? It was about murder. Mm-hmm.
1: But how'd it go? But you got to sing it
0: for me. I don't know the words, but it's about <laughs> it's about like someone killing their husband, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was kind of scandal with that song. They were like, "Y'all putting out a song about murder on the house. <laughs> And they were like, yeah, I guess. And um, <laughs> people talking about the Dixie Chicks, huge. They ended up releasing another album independently because I guess they, um, there was a scandal with Sony where they said that Sony had underpaid them um, about $4 million.
1: Oh, it was an it it t- accounting error, right? It was just, it was just a little yeah. accounting error.
0: They forgot to carry the one. And then $4 million went missing. And so I guess that was actually big. They left their contract early and Sony tried to sue them for leaving their contract early. And then they countersued being like, okay, but what about our $4 million? (laughs) And then they like settled out of court. And I guess like there were other um, artists who also said Sony was taking money from them. And so it kind of like exposed Sony a little bit, which was cool. Okay. That's going to be its own Holly shook right there. To sum it all up, the Dixie chicks, they're prone to scandal. Mm. They're picking out lead singers. They're talking about murder. (laughs) <laughs> They're getting steal- stolen money from out of all these scandals that these chicks are used to. The chicks are scandalous. But ne'er but a scandal compares to the infamous March 10th, 2003 in London, a mere three days before we were set to invade Iraq under President George W. Bush's command. A mere three days. And the Dixie Chicks are just doing a doing a show here in London. So they're international, y'all. These are country fans. There's country fans in London, apparently. I didn't know that country music even existed outside of America. But apparently the Dixie Chicks, they can bring their music wherever they want. So they're just doing a good old show in London, lots of fans. And they have a song called Traveling Soldier, also iconic. And right before they were going to play this song, Natalie Maines, the lead singer of Dixie Chicks, says to the audience, and I'm going to, and I quote, Just so you know, we're on the good side with y'all. We do not want this war, this violence, and we're ashamed that the president of the United States is from Texas. And with those simple two sentences, their whole world was flipped upside down. And the world as we know it would never be the same. (laughs) Country music would never be the same. The Dixie Chicks would never be the same.
1: That's the saddest part of it all. That last
0: part. Those words.
1: And it's, by the way, such a tame statement by today's standards. If you just look at like... Alyssa Milano's Twitter feed and right. other highly political celebrities. I mean, this is nothing. It's really nothing.
0: nothing. And they're from Texas. So she's like, basically, she's just like, it's Texan Yah. pride.
1: You know, like, I can't believe this is a, a this used to be a Texas governor who's now president. I'm ashamed that he's he's from our state.
0: Pretty mild. Like, I mean, there are so many worse things that have been said about presidents that are being said about current president you know and like we said earlier it could it would have been swept under the rug but i feel like they needed some type i don't know i don't know why they had to like just destroy these women over it but so the thing that kind of i found interesting because this was um prior to social media was that this quote so the guardian is i guess like a british like newspaper or something i don't Mm -hmm. know and so the Guardian did a concert review, and in their concert review, they just happened to put this quote into their concert review. Other than if they had not put this quote in there, I feel like no one would have ever known. Which is so crazy to me.
1: Remember, the- people, there weren't pho-
0: there weren't uh, cameras on your phones at the time. I mean, what a world! Can you even imagine? You couldn't record, you couldn't send a Snapchat of this concert in these days. You just had to enjoy it. <laughs> like what? Like the only yeah.
1: other shot, it would have had to travel across the world, around the world, would be if
0: it was like one a concert that was being filmed. Yeah, like a concert that was like gonna be put into like like TV, like a concert special or something. Exactly. Or just like I guess word of mouth, but like then I don't know. No one would listen to like the random British lad who's like, <laughs> oh, they they why is the British guy country? <laughs> um, That was
1: like Irish country. It was like some weird amalgamation of
0: too many different places. That's something about George W. Bush. No, I'm, the (laughs) accent's weird. So this quote was in the Guardian's review. And so the U.S. media ended up picking up on this quote like a couple days later. And I just thought that was interesting because it like could have just totally not even have been a thing. And then I'm, like, wondering, I'm, like, did it actually, you know, we said earlier, I'm, like, did this, the fact that there was no social media, like, help or hurt them? I want to say it hurt them because it was, like, they got to pinpoint this one moment. And it's, like I said, three days before the invasion of Iraq. So, like, people had stuff to say. And so they, I think they were scapegoating on the Dixie Chicks and, like, using them as their punching bag, kind of, even though I'm sure millions of people were on the same side of same side as them. And I was near, but a wee lad, wee lad at this point. So I don't really (laughs) know what my opinion is, but I would assume that I was like, war is bad. And like supporting the Dixie Chicks on this thing. And actually the people in London, actually, it was a, the, reaction to this quote was very positive. It got a lot of cheers, and people were like, yeah, like, we agree and stuff. But in America, a similar reaction was not reached. Mm. So if y'all were alive during this moment, you'll remember that the Dixie Chicks were blacklisted. Yep. Everywhere. Like, you you were not allowed to, like, play a... Dixie Chick song on the radio. Um so a few like there was a um very McCarthy esque, by the way. McCarthy
1: esque. Like 1950s, you know, McCarthy with the anti-communism crusade. Um yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I think I know. Okay, wait, 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 wait.
1: With the blacklisting <laughs> of Hollywood, if, if
0: Oh yes, the the yeah. the blacklisting of Hollywood, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um and, and pretty much yeah. anyone who, you know, McCarthy presumed was was communist or just wanted to take out, felt was a political opponent.
0: Yeah, I actually do remember that. I um, learned about that to get my film degree. So look at that. Thanks, college. Um, that could be a scandal in itself. That's like a yes. history. So, Big time. That'd be a good one. I'm going to write that down. But now I have to wait like months to <laughs> just find this prize again. Um, okay, so Blacklisted, y'all. Not kidding. So there was um, there was two disc jockeys in Atlanta who were actually suspended because they played a um, Dixie Chick song. Like in the next following week, so like people were like losing their jobs if they played Dixie Chick song. Their, um, we all know their iconic um, Fleetwood Mac cover of "Landslide." I feel like I actually grew up listening to "Landslide" by the Dixie Chicks more so than Fleetwood Mac, which is problematic um, because <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, you just hate so, Stevie Nicks. So love you. So, so <laughs> they're so big at this moment. "Landslide" was currently, when this statement was made, was currently number ten on the Hot Billboard charts. Like they're in the top ten of like all songs, not just country and immediately after these comments the next week it dropped from number 10 to number 43 so people are just like fuck the dixie chicks mm. fuck like, you could say that landslide took a landslide down the chart Ayo, got him <laughs> and, um and then the week after that it completely fell off the, the hot 100 it like literally went from number 10 to not even on the charts in the course of two weeks because you couldn't play, it. You couldn't play the songs on the radio.
1: Right. Can, uh, I, can I point out how different of a world we live in? That's right. 15 years ago. Not that long ago. It's, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that long ago. But the world you're describing sounds so absurdly different than the world we currently live in. Like, that would be analogous to Billy Eichner, being banned from television, no longer being able to do Billy on the street. He can't do American Horror Story anymore because he continues to criticize
0: Trump on Twitter. Right. Think about how absurd that is. It kind of reminds me, and I don't know, I guess you could, this is still slightly controversial, but it kind of reminds me of Kathy Griffith with her picture and kind of her entire career kind of being derailed. Um, But... I don't know. But she's <laughs> even been able to bounce back. She's
1: had a global stand-up comedy tour. You're right. I mean, she lost her job at CNN, and she lost probably a ton of opportunities, but she's been, like, selling out huge um, auditoriums all around the world. Right. So, yeah. you know, she, she made it back quicker than the Dixie Chicks did. But, yeah. but can I say something in reference to something you mentioned earlier, like, you know, about how, like, oh, like, like a lot of people didn't agree with them here's my issue with that and that was a big part of the discourse at the time it's not about whether or not you agree it's it's about the right to political expression exactly bring them
0: speech, you know ever heard of
1: it right and and they're not inciting violence right mm-hmm. remember there's certain fr- uh, there's certain speech that is not free you literally cannot incite violence they didn't do that they just expressed uh the fact that they are very anti-war and that they're ashamed of of the president. That's, you know what? That's their prerogative. They're allowed to feel that way. It's not even that controversial of a statement, um, but it really goes to show you how different the times were. I mean, at that time, even though celebrities still advocated for certain politicians, you know, you had celebrities on both sides, um, you know, going out and stumping for for candidates, you know? Um, at the, but decorum was such a big thing, right? I remember mm-hmm. when Michael Moore at the Oscars, I mean, this is going to be a holly shake one day, but when he says, shame on you, Mr. President, mm-hmm. shame on you, when he won the Oscar, that was a I big can- deal. Oh my God, how can he say, shame on you to the president? This this is the president, we must respect him at all costs, and even though we could critique him, it has to be a nuanced critique, and, and we can't say be ashamed of our president. It was a far different time. Yeah, and and I think whether or not if you're listening to this and you're like well you could never be ashamed of the president, I I I just think you have to allow people to have feelings and feel things and like just like you'd be ashamed in anyone for wronging you, it's okay to feel like you're wronged by a by by the way a public servant that's what the president is. I know we 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 ho- we hold it to such esteem and we lionize this position to the point it's like cultish, but they are public servants they they are supposed to be serving us so it's okay yeah. to be like you're you're messing this up for me you're not doing right by me uh and by us uh, collectively so that's okay and uh and so whether or not you agree with it you i think the the point is the dixie dixie tricks had a right to express express themselves politically and the backlash and and i'm sure you're about to get deeper into it and everything that happened to them i think was so wrong
0: terrible i'm i just I think it's so insane because I don't understand. Okay. And maybe this is me being like ignorant, but I don't understand this like idea that you can't like disagree with the president and like politicians and stuff. Or like, I don't know, for me saying you're ashamed, not even of the president, but that the president is from your home state. (laughs) Like that is the, Weirdest, like, why shouldn't you be allowed to say that? And why shouldn't you be able to lo- allowed to feel that? I mean, like, you can say that about a lot of people and things. And why? Because it's the president who's about to start a war in three days. Like, hello, that's kind of a, a big deal, starting a war. <laughs> Last time I checked, a war is, like, not, like, a casual, like, thing to just start. So... I think what they
1: do is weaponize the concept of respect because they know in this country where we, you know, put freedom of speech, you know, as as the number one priority. Right. As the First Amendment, Uh, you cannot go out and shut up your political opponents. You literally cannot do that. So if you are on um, the side of the president, doesn't matter which way, Democrat, Republican, Independent, doesn't matter if you are on that side. And there are dissidents, you can't go out and say, shut up. You can't talk about it. You know, in other by the way, in other countries, you know what happens if you if you oppose the president in certain countries, especially historically? Sure. You go to prison.
0: Or jail, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly. You know. jumps uh, <laughs> no. Well, yeah, that could happen too. Exactly. Assassinations. Yeah, journalists could be assassinated, you get put into prison. But in the United States, that's not a, a tactic that you can use, right? So what, what do they do? They weaponize they just, the wow. concept of respect. Yeah. So you're, you see, you're disagreeing with him, but you're not doing it respectfully. So now we're going to destroy you.
0: And you keep using the word respect, which is funny because her first, um, her first statement out the gates, once it kind of blew up was, she apologized and she said, I am like, you know, summarizing it basically says, I'm sorry for the disrespectful remark that I made towards our president. She said, I absolutely respect the office of the president and, you know, his decisions. And then she just says, as a mother and as, like, you know, a citizen, she said, I wanted, I just would like to have seen all other options exhausted before we go into war where a lot of innocent children and citizens will be killed. She goes, I'm still a proud American and I love my country. But she... That was basically her first apology um I do you think she, she should have apologized? You know how I feel about apologies, y'all. I feel like every scandal I kind of am like iffy about if the person should have apologized or not. um I guess she this apology was like more trying to clarify what she like meant by it, I guess um. She also said that she was. um,
1: But, you know, a PR team is behind the whole. I'm sorry for being disrespectful to the office of the president.
0: And she said that like the she thought that he was the president was just ignoring the opinions of a lot of citizens. She said that, you know, she's basically saying I'm not the only one who thinks this. I'm just the one who's kind of being slammed for saying it out loud. And I agree. I'm like. I guess the apology is like necessary, especially when literally your entire like career is being derailed. Mm. But I don't know. It's weird. Cause I'm like, you're, you, you are not the only person in all of the United States of America slash the entire world that uh, like thinks this. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm weird about apologies about things like this. Like, why should you have to apologize for your own opinion? And obviously, and also the only reason she's apologizing is because she's trying to like not lose her entire career, you know, and doing baby steps to kind of like get it back on track. If she was, if they weren't boycotting her and blacklisting her group, she wouldn't have apologized because she still believed what she said.
1: I agree. I think in no way, shape or form, she owed anyone an apology. She did not owe anybody an apology, but I also agree that she had to apologize to salvage her career. Possibly, she was forced into it. She was backed into a corner.
0: I mean, and once again, it's hard to it's hard to um, show how big this was. I guess I'm trying to get across to everyone listening like how controversial this was. This just was
1: huge, like, people. There was a documentary you're... about this one comment.
0: An it's entire documentary. Sentences. And I just remember, like, even at such a young age, we little lad, I just remember this being such a hot topic and everyone talking about it, everyone freaking out. And I was like, I feel like I was confused and stressed because I'm like... <laughs> Mom, why does everyone hate the Dixie Chicks, Mom? Like, really sad. I'm like, I just want to hear wide open spaces again. <laughs> and everyone was like, no. <laughs> uh, I think my family still, we were all on board. I mean, we loved the Dixie Chicks. You're not going to take that away from us. <sighs> um, Poor wee little lad, Ryan. <sighs> There's so
1: much stress and trauma at such a young
0: age. <laughs> this political climate actually really affected my childhood. Um. So, I was just like really sad and um, just like depressed. And <laughs> I'm still kind of like working through it. But um, this scandal is really about me. <laughs> <laughs> now we transition to Ryan's experience with the scandal. Okay. Part two how it affected Ryan and where he's at today. <laughs> so literally, people are going psychotic about this. They literally held an event where. Everyone, this was like a famous. I I remember this happening too. People came, brought all of their Dixie Chicks CDs and records and tapes. I think this existed at this um, and brought them to like this open field or whatever. And a bulldozer came and crushed all of their Dixie Chicks CDs. Literally, psychopaths and people were burning um, them too. They were having bonfires like literally holding public protests and i'm like the thing that struck me is i'm like i feel like people were angrier about the dixie chicks than they were about the fact that literally our country was going to a war like no one's protesting the war they're just protesting the dixie chicks i'm like freaking dixie chicks like why are you so mad (laughs) like crazy i don't know like that sounds like that sounds like a vietnam war protest moment but it wasn't about the war. It was about a, con- a female country band.
1: Like, five seconds at a concert. It was about five seconds at a fucking concert.
0: They're like literally burying things and using bulldozers. I'm like, I can't. I really can't. Be Pro-
1: probably good for Dixie Chick sales because then all those people went back and were like,
0: oh man, I need to hear Wide Open Spaces one more time. <laughs> like, oh, I really miss that song about murdering my husband.
1: Uh, <laughs> went, back so- to, <laughs> went back to Tower Records and bought another CD. That's another 2003 reference.
0: Oh my god. Hey Tower Records, shout out. Shout out. Uh, miss you. <laughs> so um yeah, there, there was a there was a like radio poll. And I guess like they a radio station did like um a survey, and 76% of their listeners said, I wish I could give my Dixie chick CDs back to the store and get my money back. I wish I never supported this group and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, y'all are freaking so weird. Um, So eventually, I don't know. I guess they were like totally ostracized. Like you could not, for years, you would not hear a Dixie Chick song on the radio. Like at all. And you could not like support them. You could not, I don't know. They didn't obviously like go on tour after this right away (laughs) but um and also if you can't tell and you're
1: listening to this in 2018 clearly they're the trajectory of their group completely changed because you're not hearing the dixie chicks you
0: know very commonly today hold up okay because we haven't (laughs) gotten to some of their most iconic moments yet (laughs) so basically like if you know time passes and People forget, you know, a war is happening, so I think people started kind of focusing their attention towards, you know, the war that's occurring. Um, but you still... The public outrage kind of faded eventually, but literally you still could not... You wouldn't hear a Dixie Chick song on the radio um, for a while. And then, fast forward to... their comeback. back. They're making a comeback. Um which is like so great because it um, their comeback involves one of my favorite Dixie, if not my favorite Dixie Chick song of all time, and accompanying music video, which I literally bought on iTunes when I had an iPod Video. TBT to iPod Videos. Mm. I bought their music video on my iPod Video so I could watch it at all times because I was obsessed with it. Um, so they do this. Ooh 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 ooh! Wait, I forgot. <laughs> Because um, I I remember being like, does George W. Bush have anything to say about the Dixie Chicks? Because um, I'm like not even talking about George W. Bush because I don't care. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think that was my thought on it too. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I don't care. So in April, um, so this all happened in like what March? Yeah, March, beginning of March.
1: So he waits a whole month. Okay.
0: So end of April, um, you know they're it's been a month or so it's been about almost two months and the Dixie chicks are now launching a campaign to kind of like explain their position on things. They do um, an interview with Diane Sawyer, Sawyer and she goes, you know, I still stand behind my statement. I'm proud of what I said. I don't take it back. You know, she already did her apologies. She explained it in that way. And then iconically on um, the beginning of May, entertainment weekly magazine um cover they're on the cover and if y'all i i remember this cover so vividly they're naked they're all like sitting together like arms wrapped around each other like covering obviously like their boobs and shit but um (laughs) and this is america still (laughs) yeah and they have um words written all over them in black paint such as traitors. My favorite is Saddam's angels. <laughs> <laughs> you teach a Saddam Hussein. Um, Dixie sluts. That might actually be my favorite. Dixie sluts.
1: Of course, they're women, and so like
0: they. Now they're they... sluts. What a slut using your voice.
1: You know I'm and... against war.
0: You slut. You freaking slut. <laughs> um, but then also there was some words like Proud Americans Hero, free speech, great. Nice. So I like it kind of showed both sides that obviously there were people that supported them and thought that they were like brave for voicing their opinion. Which um,
1: side seems more rational and level,
0: level headed? Hmm. The Dom Saddam's <laughs> Angels, yes. That side. <laughs> um, so any users. So like this is all comes out and Bush freaking. you know it's like I mean, I guess We already explained how huge it is, but you know this is a huge scandal when in the midst of a war, the president is being asked about this in an interview.
1: By the way, I feel like this is a very, like, we need to take a step back and realize this is 2003 moment because in 2018, the president tweets about everything. Tweets about Jimmy Kimmel, tweets about ratings, the Oscars, Billy Eichner. It doesn't matter who. This current president tweets about it. And, you know, he has access to Twitter. So whatever the hell he thinks, he's just going to shoot off. But in 2003, that ain't the case. Bush isn't no. commenting on the VMAs. No.
0: He should have been. So <laughs> um, oh, he's in an interview with Tom Brockow, also TBT. Um, and he's asked about it. And this is his response. It's kind of random. His response is, the Dixie Chicks are free to speak their mind. They can say what they want to say. They shouldn't have their feelings hurt just because some people don't want to buy their records when they speak out. (laughs) Freedom is a two-way street. I don't really care what the Dixie Chicks said. I want to do what I think is right for the American people. And if some singers or Hollywood stars feel like speaking out, that's fine. That's the great thing about America. That's his take on that, I guess. I don't really get where he stood on it. He's like, I don't care about the dicks of chicks. Well, and then, he, like,
1: what's great is like what Bush does there is he couches like the, like him saying like, don't buy the records. Basically he's saying like, well, see if you speak your mind and there could be people who want to speak their mind by not buying your records. And then couches the other uh, concept of like, Oh, just another dumb celebrity or Hollywood person talking about uh, politics Within him saying um, freedom of speech is right. is a priority. So he couches it with that, but in between there's all this subtext. Actually, it's really yeah. just textual, it's right there and on the surface. But like he tries to make you forget about it by starting off with saying, Oh, I believe in free speech, you know, but like people may stop buying their records, um, but I believe in free speech. Right. But, you know, it's Hollywood stars just saying shit, but I believe in free speech. <laughs> But and you know like, who he was trying to incite there in between the lines.
0: He's like, if some singers or Hollywood stars, I just love that. <laughs> love that. Hollywood who, stars. What is your like viewpoint on celebrities? But um, so that's George W. Bush's response. And I don't care like, what
1: Dixie has to say about me. <laughs> right.
0: So, like, random. I'm like, I just can't help it. I have to laugh at this whole thing. I have to laugh. The Dixie Chicks—they're so random. Guys, just let them do a country song. So they two like less than two months later on May first, they have their first show back from um, from the scandal, and they sold it out. To be fair, the tickets were on sale before like everything happened, but they were sold out, and they actually got a great response. This uh, Natalie. Maine even says, like, you guys can boo. Feel free to boo if you want to boo. And they were like, we don't want to. So, like, people are, like, the real fans are there for them. But they did because they got so many death threats and stuff. Um, You know, typical death threatening someone for speaking their mind. Um, (laughs) Typical. uh, They had, um, like, metal detectors. And they actually had, like, a police escort to and from the show just to be safe, which is just so fun. Um. So their shows actually are like going pretty well. People seem to be maybe not as angry. And then everything changes and is amazing. They finally released their first album since um, The Scandal. What year was that? Uh, let me double check. Uh, they released the single. So their first, their next single they release in 2006. So like March of 2006. So a full three... Three years later so there's like three years of like no dixie chicks on the radio no new songs i think they like i guess i like i saw that they kind of performed in some like actual political like events you know how they do like stand up to cancer or whatever with like a lot of singers they did a few of those but for like vote for change and like like voice like habitat for humanity like did, stuff
1: did they ever perform at the dnc
0: no, I don't think so okay. <laughs> Don't think they were invited to that <laughs> um, But uh, Yeah, so they did like some of that stuff But then they finally released their new song I'm not ready to make nice. I'm not ready to back down. I'm still mad as hell and I don't know how to go round and round and round. It's too late to- I could go, you guys, I know every word to that song. I freaking love that song.
1: Right, how did how are you able to play a track while doing the podcast? That's really impressive. You gotta teach me how to do that. You were just playing the Dixie Chicks right there, right?
0: Yeah, it was on their Spotify page. Mm-hmm. Awesome.
1: Okay, that great. Ugh, love the Dixie Chicks. Played it in the background. Gorgeous voice they have. Yes. To my
0: computer. Um, <laughs> that's a lot more. I'm still mad as hell. Oh, we won't turn off. And I'm time around and around. I'm pressing pause. Why won't it stop? I'm Spotify
1: just needs to play uh, Dixie Chicks right now.
0: I stop. I'm trying to record. Um, so that is my favorite freaking song of all time. Honestly, I literally, you could ask, you could play that song at any time ever, no matter where I am. Where, whoever I'm with, and I will sing along. I will belt that. Shut up and sing, or your life will be over. <laughs> oh my God, you guys. If you. Is that on the karaoke rotation? <laughs> it's on my karaoke rotation, for sure. <laughs> When I'm feeling spicy and I want to make my voice heard, you know I'm playing Dixie Chicks Not Ready to Make Nice." If you guys haven't heard that song, first off, what the frick have you been doing the past 10 years? And secondly, mm-hmm. go right now. I give you permission to stop listening to this podcast to go listen to that song. But then you have to come back and finish the podcast. Um, it's so good. The music video is truly iconic. Black and white. Um, like Imagery on point. Shadows. Like, political satire, but, like, through, like, imagery and metaphors. You guys, oh, my gosh. I'm getting worked up. Oh <laughs> this, My iced Americano is hitting me in this moment. <laughs> um, it is so good. I love that song. No,
1: it's not, it's not the iced Americano. It's a classic Dixie Chicks high. I know it's, that
0: high. Yeah. This is just the way I, I get when I talk about I'm not ready to make nice. <laughs> it's probably, like, top ten favorite song of all time. Um.
1: When you and True. Dallas fight, do you ever just belt out I'm less
0: <laughs> every time someone tries to like end a feud with me. And y'all know I have lots of feuds. Um so uh, this song comes out and it's an instant hit kind of. Um uh, What does it, that mean? I don't know. It's an instant hit kind of. Kind of. And, Was it
1: you know top forty top ten?
0: Um. So the first, so the the album comes out with it, I guess, after the single. Um. And their album's called "Taking the Long Way," mm. and the album actually premieres um. At number one on U.S. pop and country albums. All right. So they kind of make this comeback. People are like, you know what? We forgive you. Um. But they're still not playing it on the radio. So it's, like, kind of impressive that they're still able to have number one albums without any radio play. People, like, still, for some reason, will not play them on the radio. Even though if I was to turn on the radio in 2006 and not hear I'm Not Ready to Make Nice, I'd be freaking pissed.
1: I remember the political climate at the time. The tide has totally turned on Bush. After a few years into the Iraq War, uh, his approval rating was super, super low. And right. so if you consider the political climate at the time, like, despite them not being played on the radio, I could see like a ton of anti-Bush, anti-war advocates going out to buy their CDs to support them.
0: The Dixie Chicks were like, told you so. <laughs> Assholes. Um, and everyone's loving them again. So they're still the country, country radio basically is still like, uh-uh. But I think a lot of like, it, it was a crossover hit. So I think like um, pop, pop stations were playing them again. Um, they went on tour and all that type of stuff. So then it ended up being the ninth best selling album of the year. It was in the top 10 best albums of the year or highest selling. And just as a, you know, ha ha, who came out on top moment, they were nominated for, Five Grammy Awards that year. They won all five of them, including Song of the Year, Record of the Year for Not Ready to Make Nice, and Album of the Year. So bye, y'all haters. They walk they came out on top. And she kind of she said, she was like, Honestly, I take us winning all of these awards as public support for free speech. People now kind of like saying, you know what? we treated you kind of wrong and we apologize. Here's like a 5,000 Grammys. And it said that it had been 14 years since anyone had ever won all three of those categories in one year. So wow, this wasn't like, oh yeah, like if you, you're going to win them all. Like it was big, it was a big moment to win Grammys. Um, I feel like I remember them winning the Grammys because I think I used to watch the Grammys. I don't know. Suddenly, radio's like, "Hey!" and they like, <laughs> not ready to make nice on like every radio station. It jumps to like number four on the charts. Um, it just like, yeah. It they were like, "All right, we forgive you. That sounds a fucking banger. Let's get it on. Let's turn it up. Turn up the volume." Um, and rightly so. I mean, you guys go listen to the song. I I don't know. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> It's such a good song. And then they do their um, documentary. Actually, a lot of people still kind of were, like, not down to support this documentary. Um, Like, advertisements for it were kind of, like, not put on. Uh, Like, NBC turned down an advertisement for it. People were still a little hesitant to, like, totally back the Dixie Chicks. You know, they'd be like, oh, we like your song and stuff. But they weren't, like, let's, like... Let's, like, advertise for their documentary. Um, It ended up being, like, a pretty big documentary. Obviously, you knew about it from just the second I mentioned them. Um, I have the DVD. You have it on DVD? Yes. Oh, my freaking gosh. I don't think I've even
1: seen it. My dad uh, donates to NPR. And sometimes they, they do some sort of thing where if you donate at a certain time. Or maybe if you just donate consistently, they just send you some stuff as a thank you. So I have a bunch of po- very political
0: DVDs yeah, so you know that's pretty much it they I think that they were able to recover I guess this was they haven't done an album since this album um they took time off after this album and spent time with their family, which you know obviously they could afford to do because they had a very successful career um, and I don't know I think it was kind of like a good. Who knows if they're like making more, making new music and stuff? They're not like that. Like they're not like the hot new stars anymore. Um, But they they made their comeback. They I think like I said they came out on top. They ended up saying you know being like I don't know. I just feel like the the it came full circle and they were able to prove their point in the end of like why did this whole thing even have to happen? It worked out. Honestly, I feel like they became because of
1: it <laughs> yeah yeah I mean they're a little more legendary right yeah
0: iconic They're Truly.
1: Iconic. yeah but yeah. I do think there's no doubt it derailed their careers and it changed the course of their careers forever because okay. if that if that whole controversy firestorm whatever doesn't happen they probably go out produce a few more albums you know maybe stay much more relevant to this day um, but you know there's this huge controversial moment and then a few years later they put, put out a politically charged album in a politically charged time, 2006. It's like, that's like the peak of George Bush George Bush's disapproval, uh, everybody turning against the United States, invading Iraq, going like, we can't, we shouldn't be here. Uh, right. And, and then to me, it makes a lot of sense that they had this like super emotional three years, put out this politically charged album, and then it's like, okay, we're out. We're done. yeah,
0: they left their mark. And I think they don't want to try to, I don't know. I feel like it's a, it's a good, like bookend to their career, especially after everything. And, you know, it must suck to like have your whole industry turn on you. Um, and that, you know, that you were so successful in to have them be like, you we're not gonna like support you anymore just because of one thing it must be like really hard to go back and still want to be included in that community i feel like they were like you know what no you guys were assholes i don't we don't want to like be a part of this anymore um and it was a win for us because we got i'm not ready to make nice out of it and i just i just love that song (laughs) i'm getting emotional (laughs) um and yeah, that's that. That's Dixie Chicks versus George W. Bush versus the country music industry versus all of America versus the world. This that's this that. is the biggest
1: Holly Shook we've ever done.
0: I feel like it, in terms of like scope and like impact, I feel like this is, this is probably the biggest one in, in like how it affected everyone. And the biggest players. One of them was the president. Right. Who would have thunk on Holly Shook? <laughs> I feel like we stay, like, pretty, like, non-political with things. Uh, not today, girls. I got to bring George W. into this. And, you know, we weren't very political.
1: No. The only political thing I think we stand for here is the freedom of expression, freedom of speech. And, I mean, why wouldn't we be? We're podcasting here. That would be, that would be so paradoxical if we were against free speech.
0: It's literally what we do. We speak freely. Shut up and on- sing.
1: Shut up and sing, Rye. Shut up and sing.
0: Okay, fine. I'm not ready to I'm ready <laughs> I just like I, I didn't even think about it when I came up with this idea. Um just how I feel like how relevant this is and to I found it interesting just to compare how this whole thing went down fifteen years ago compared to now how it would have gone down. Um yeah. it would we live in two very different worlds.
1: Truly. So,
0: Things can change over the course of fifteen measly years. <laughs> mm. I
1: wonder how the world's going to look like in fifteen more years. According to the UN, oh god, it's not going to look great.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't. Let's not end on a sour note. <laughs> Let's end on. a Wide open space. You guys, have to download a few of those songs onto my Spotify playlist right now because that's all I want to listen to. I've been listening to a Starsborn Born soundtrack. Go see a Stars Born, but I really want a few Dixie Chicks. Songs to get me to work today. That's you should.
1: You should tweet your Spotify playlist because you can share that, right? Oh my gosh, yeah, I'll tweet my Spotify playlist. Yeah. Uh, Curate some will, Dixie Chicks. Which will feature
0: a few of my favorite Dixie Chicks. Your top five. Uh, Give me your top five. Um, I'll I'll put my top five on there, and you guys can um hotly debate which one's my favorite. I think we all know, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I told my coworkers yesterday. I was like, I've been listening to the Dixie Chicks today. And they were like, what? And I didn't get to explain. They just kind of walked away and thought it was weird. <laughs> I was like, all right. Well, now they all think I'm just like a huge Dixie Chicks fan, which I am. <laughs> so uh, they're getting to know you. That's okay. They're getting to know me. Um, so yeah, that was my, that's my Dixie Chicks scandal. I feel like it was very on brand for me. Very, very on brand. I loved it, Rai. I can't
1: wait uh, to do this again in two weeks. Oh my God, two weeks from now. I, how will you even... How do I top this president of the United States scandal? Mm. Maybe I bring another one to the table.
0: Challenging. and Stay political.
1: Like <laughs> um, before we leave. I won't, by the one. way, just to the audience. Yep, I know what I'm doing. Please. It's not political.
0: Ooh, you always know. I always choose like the day before. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the Holly Shook podcast um, stream on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music. You guys listen to us on iTunes. Um, if you at all don't mind leaving us a little review, give us five stars. Give us whatever many stars you think we deserve. It's probably five, but just like do whatever you think and um, share it with your friends. Let us know your comments. If you guys like us, if you think I say literally too much, um, I probably do, but just let me know and I'll work on it. But um, <laughs> yeah, appreciate all your support and yeah, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Bye. Yeah.